Hello and welcome to my monthly The Expat Career and Lifestyle podcast. I'm Dominika and I am a founder of dmcoaching.eu, the place to be when you want to create a career you love and live the global lifestyle. Welcome to our monthly The Expat Career and Lifestyle podcast. So today I have a pleasure to speak with Jelena Parker. Jelena is a technology commercial operation executive, expat coach, mentor and author. Her international experience covers living and working in the US, Switzerland, the UK and Tanzania. Uh, she's working with women who are interested in building their new global lifestyle, for working, studying, volunteering, or simply living abroad. She also uh, continues her, 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 her career in the technology sector. Jelena has recently published her new book, Moving Without Shaking, where she shares her knowledge and experience of living and working abroad. So welcome, Jelena. I am really happy to have you here. So please uh, tell us more about yourself and what, uh, and what are you doing? Hello. Thank you so much, Dominica, for having me. It's really such a pleasure to see people interested in my book, to hear that people are reading it and getting some ideas. So I, I was so excited when you reached out and said that your audience is also an expatriate audience, similar to mine, um, similar to my experiences, obviously, and that your audience could benefit from a little bit more of a story around expatriate success, expatriate achievement, and how can we learn from others who potentially have done some of the things that we wish to do. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So, so what was your big why to start your global, uh, your global lifestyle? And why go abroad? Why to start an international career based on your experience? You know, I, I think it would be fair to say I always have been a very curious person since mm-hmm. I was a little kid. I always wanted to try things. I always wanted to travel. And I always wanted to have opportunities to go and get different things. And probably one of the big reasons is that um, I ended up in the foreign languages study field for many, many years since I was literally six and a half years old. I started learning English, which was quite unlikely at that time in the Soviet Union days, if you remember those times, yeah. <laughs> or some people in the audience remember. So, so because of that, I started learning things that were not really common for people around me, for my parents or people who I was growing up with outside of my school. So it opened up a sort of a different world right away and different curiosity, you know, starting with some really uh, cute pen pal clubs uh, and then moving into some of the translation experiences and meeting foreigners who managed to come to Ukraine at those times were pretty rare occurrences, but people still did. So, so I was curious. I was curious. I wanted to learn. I wanted to see how people lived, what their experiences were, what they did. So because I chose languages as my first studies in the university, 
uh, it was only logical to say, well, eventually I will go and live abroad and try to learn the language even better and try to build experiences around that. I, I didn't really know much how I was going to do it or when I was going to do it, but there was this big question, you know, can I actually go and improve on what I have and what I know and try new things? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me it was almost, yeah, more or less the same. Curiosity and yeah, studying languages, English and, and German. And yeah, curiosity to discover like uh, other places and learn languages. So for me it was more or less the same. Uh, and yeah, I, and I didn't know how. I, I, I only knew that I want to move to a new place to discover something right. new, but I didn't know how to do it. And yeah, what I need to do. So, so yeah, it was only, yeah just thinking about moving and not about the steps. Uh, so on the other hand, what makes us moving? So yeah, so we spoke about curiosity. So what about like fe- fearing uh, about the fear of uh, settling down? So like we are changing places like uh, over two, uh, between two years or like uh, one year, we are staying in one place and then we are moving. So what 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 makes us moving? You know, I am a firm believer in, in the fact that a lot of us, those who went abroad and then stayed abroad or continued, have this one big thing in common, right? We really, really find it hard to settle. And mm-hmm. even before we went abroad, we probably were the kinds of people who maybe moved around in the hometown quite a bit. Maybe mm-hmm. we changed cities even in our home country. Maybe we wanted to change jobs often. Maybe we wanted to make new friends. And then when finally we took ourselves out of our more or less familiar environment and we went abroad, we actually managed to now apply it on a much, much bigger scale. And for me and for a lot of people who I've met when I started living abroad, I realized that we have it to different degree, right? But for me, I know that I get antsy. I know that either I need to travel again, I need to go see some different city, different uh, cute uh, little place, or some interesting memorial, or some exciting museum, or some new store, or I actually want to pick up everything and just go. I have to be away, right? So, uh, and as a result, the career that I wanted to have as a result of all of these experiences, was a career that would allow me to travel, experience, see the world, and meet people who are like-minded, people who are very much similar in their mindset and looking for things like the things that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. So you have recently published your, your book, Moving Without, uh, Without Shaking. So what is your book about and who can benefit from, uh, from, from your book? Thank you for asking. This is my favorite question to answer. Um, you know, I've been told by a number of people that my book is really for anyone. And, mm-hmm. you know, from the marketing point of view, I really hate that. It's sort of exciting to say, oh, the book is for everyone. But then you realize that, you know, when you're not in a genre of thriller uh, or romance, it's really not for everyone, right? So I defined my audience, and I hope you know you correct me if I'm wrong. My audience really are women, women who want to build their career, lifestyle, maybe studies, maybe volunteering experiences abroad. Um, also, women who potentially have already started on that path and now they're lost, or they're looking for different outcomes, or they're looking to improve 
would they have started? Um, I also uh, like to say that uh, my book and the way I've written these stories and these pieces of advice, these tips, if you will, um, they were not meant to be for necessarily women who are expat spouses or, you know, this term that people dislike today, trailing spouses, right? But women who are accompanying their husbands or significant others uh, or moving maybe with their parents. Um, and, and my book definitely is not going to answer the question of people who are in those positions in life and situations in life and probably not going to help really people who are deciding whether they want to have children abroad or how do they want to raise their children. Um, everything that I've put together is based on experiences of uh, women who were similar to me in terms of their approach to life and career progression. So uh, we kind of skipped that whole part of, you know, children focusing on family, life, work balance and so on. Yes, I think it's like more for for yeah for women who yeah who want to build like in, international lifestyle, international car- career without thinking right. yeah about yeah like family moving with family or moving with uh, with uh, with partners or husbands. So it's like about building your building your international career and what what steps you need to take. It's finding your own way, exactly. And and I think, you know, one of the people who did review for my book, Selena Resvani, said to me that it was moving abroad to move up. That mm-hmm. was kind of her way of putting it in very succinct sort of fashion. And I thought, that's exactly right. It's for women and for those women who want to move abroad to move up. But up doesn't necessarily mean making a lot of money or becoming a CEO of a massive conglomerate. It just means, to me, expanding our thinking, expanding our experiences, and expanding who we are, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree with you. Yeah, I read your book, and yeah, and it's like about, yeah, it's like growing, growing not only on your professional level, but also on your personal personal level. Yes, yeah, so what does someone need to do to leave home country and, and explore life abroad? Uh, this is the main question uh, in your book. So what can you advise to someone who wants to start uh, an international career? My main advice, and again, there are many things in the book. You can read them all. You can take the ones that work for you. But my main advice is don't over plan, but have goals. And also find somebody who can be one of these things or all of them or part of them, a mentor, a sponsor, and a coach. Mm -hmm. And, And the reason I say that is, you know, the big challenge for us is when we embark on something so big, you know, we have to move abroad, we don't have the money, we don't know the people, we don't know how to do it, we start trying to understand it all, and it becomes overwhelming. And for a lot of us, you know, if we want to have a full detailed plan on how we're going to achieve that, we're probably going to be so overwhelmed that we'll give up somewhere, you know, at step two of that plan, right? So uh, so I don't advocate a, a mega program. I advocate setting goals and then figuring out different ways and different steps to get to those goals, but making them 
reasonable, achievable, and and sort of small steps, right? Mm-hmm. Because to say, you know, I'm going to pick up my my two suitcases, I'm going to move to California, and I'm going to have a super international career sounds crazy. And in fact, when I think back to 1998, when I said to my friends and family that I was going to do that, they told me that I was crazy. And they also told me that I was going to fail, I was going to die of hunger, um, I was going to get a horrible disease, um, I was not going to be able to get married, or some other horrible things were going to happen to me, absolutely, right? Uh, But, you know, none of those things actually happened, and Mm -hmm. you have challenges as you go through the past, and you encounter some strange things and unpleasant things, but you get over them and you figure them out, right? Um, so, so that's sort of about um, the part of, of how, the plans and the goals, right? The other part of it is nobody is successful alone. I really don't believe that anybody out there can say, I've just done it all on my own. There are people in our lives who contribute with mentoring advice, with coaching possibilities, but also sometimes with sponsorships. And by sponsorships, I don't mean cash, because it's just too simple and too one-sided, right? If, if anybody can get the full ride for whatever they wanted in life, it would be too simple. What I mean by sponsors is, is basically people, a person who actually wants to take active part in your life and help you to get to those goals that you set. So first of all, you have to have some goals. And then secondly, you need to find those people who can help you achieve those goals. And not necessarily through financial means, but through means of advice, ideas, coaching, and helping you find direction in that path that you're trying to take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very important. Yeah, having like a mentor, having a, yeah, a sponsorship or having your goals. So knowing where, where are you going? And yeah, having your like a, even like a small, uh, small, small uh, action plan. So, so I yeah, I agree. I completely agree with you. Uh, so, what was your biggest challenge in starting your uh, your career? And how did you and how did you overcome it? I think my biggest challenge actually was financial constraint. I I see it now. When I now look back 16 years ago, and actually this month is going to be exactly 16 years, so it's sort of like my 16th anniversary of being an expat, right? Mm -hmm. So I look back and I sometimes think, I just can't believe I actually did it the way I did it. I had $600 and I had a plane ticket and Mm -hmm. off I went, right? Um, I didn't have any credit cards, I didn't have any additional bank accounts, I didn't have any insurance, I didn't really know what was there waiting for me, but uh, what I did have, I had an incredible amount of luck because I met a person who became my mentor and my sponsor, who was a professor at the university that I ended up going to, and I wanted to study business. I was really interested in uh, marketing and sales and operations, so basically anything about business. And um, he connected me with people um, at San Jose State University who actually granted me um, a scholarship to become his teaching assistant and also helped me work the other part-time of part-time that I had left uh, on campus providing some advice to undergraduates, to business undergraduates who were trying to finish their degrees and then move on with their careers out of the undergraduate 
um, school. So, so it was quite interesting that um, I've tried many different ways of moving abroad, and none of them worked out until that financial constraint was solved by somebody who found the right sources of funding for me. Otherwise, it would have been very, very difficult. I would have tried something else, I'm sure, but that was the easiest way in for me personally to get started. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so you were very brave. And yeah, and yeah, congratulations for 16 years of being an <laughs> expert. Uh, so, so there are many opportunities to study uh, and live and work abroad. Um, however, we are still facing many challenges or limiting beliefs, doubts when we are uh, thinking about transition abroad, and uh, especially when we are not in our 20s anymore. So, what can you advise? to a mature person who is thinking about uh, securing international assignment or just starting a new life or career abroad? What is your uh, what is your strategy? Excellent question. So I've moved in my 20s as a student. I've moved uh, in my 30s as an expat mm-hmm. uh, once and then as a local contract person, basically an expat technically, but uh, not from the employment contract point of view. And then I moved one more time as uh, soon as I turned 40 to become a volunteer in Tanzania. And then for the first time in my life ever, I repatriated back. I've never come back before. So that was the first time when I actually returned to the UK from Tanzania. Um, And And, you know, my advice is, obviously, first of all, I'm not done, so I'm sure there will be a lot more opportunity and there will be a lot more advice, but um, you need to understand for yourself what your goals are for that life phase you're in. So in my 20s, my biggest challenge was financial constraints, right? Mm -hmm. So I had to find an opportunity to go study. Somebody had to help me to pay for my education, and partly it was done by scholarship, partly by my credit card, but that was easy, right? It was done with just money. Now, when I moved again in my 30s, I had something to lose. So those of us who are going on international assignments, uh, from that point of view, first of all, have to be very careful in terms of you know, picking the employer that they're moving with, right? Uh, making sure that the local contract or expat contract makes sense to them, uh, making sure that financially they will be okay, but also understanding that uh, they are running the risk of maybe breaking up some relationships that they already have established and perhaps upsetting their friends, maybe significant others, and so on if they're not you know, able to move other people with them. So, so there is more sort of emotional baggage, as I would call it, that comes with you as you grow older, as you mature, and a lot more risks, because then you perceive those risks as bigger risks. And sort of addressing those risks and not being afraid, again, finding the right balance in your mind on what your goals are for your next move, why you're doing it, um, and also starting to plan your exit. I think a lot of people forget about the exit, right? So for me, I never wanted an exit. I still don't. But for a lot of other people, it could be unsettling not to have one. So my advice always is think about the expect term. Is it going to be a contract? Is it going to be a couple of years? Or do you think you're actually going to settle in that country? And and that drives a lot of decisions for the future, especially for those of us who are older now and who think about pension plans, properties, and all those other things we couldn't have imagined when we were 20, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Yeah. So you have lived in many and worked in many countries. So did you did you experience uh, intercultural intercultural shock? And how did you how did you overcome it? Absolutely, shock. I think is something that always follows us from location to location. Uh, I'll quote myself uh, from my book. I, I really was laughing when I was writing that that what what's cultural shock to me might be a major inconvenience or minor inconvenience to yeah. you, right? So it all really depends on your own ability to change, your flexibility compared to others, right? So I'm right now, Yelena Parker in 2015, extremely flexible person. So nothing can shock me. I went to Tanzania. I had no shock whatsoever. In fact, I felt like I've lived in a place like that before many, many years ago, right? Mm -hmm. And perhaps I found some similarities with my life in Ukraine, uh, and that made me actually even more comfortable. Uh, no joke. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the kind of the lack of the infrastructure, the, the lack of opportunity, the uh, also, you know, thinking on the short term and how people sort of live their life just with what they have, because that's what they have to do, right? Um, you know, obviously these are polar opposites for, from some people's point of view, but for me, I managed to find similarities. And I think that's what the experience is based on, right? So the more you know, the more you experience firsthand, not from the books, the more you can apply and you can find familiar, use it as an anchor, as a trust anchor in yourself, and then move on to the next location, next location. But, you know, I have to say California was probably the biggest shock in my life, right? Because... I came from a very boring industrial city, all kind of grayish, bluish, you know, with some nice parks and rivers into the middle of Silicon Valley where everything was super fast moving. Everybody was talking about technology, even at the time when it wasn't as high tech as it is today, I could see the major difference and I could see the major difference in affluence, in how much people made, how big the homes were, how much shopping people have done, mm -hmm. uh, and also how strange the world looked to people who grew up, you know, used to walking along the streets, not always driving. And uh, just many, many things that sort of are ordinary to a person growing up in an environment would be crazy and unusual for people who come from a very, very different place. Mm -hmm. So... So how did you? So what was your strategy? How did you overcome this uh, this, this shock from moving from your from the small t town in Ukraine to to California? But because it was a big change, so how did you? My strategy is super simple. Mm -hmm. One point is make friends, mm -hmm. and please don't discriminate between types of friends you make. Because some people say mm -hmm. I'm an expat from Ukraine. I'm only gonna be friends from with Ukrainians. That's mm -hmm. it. So that is a problem, right? Because you're limiting yourself to only what you know and very familiar experiences. So you're learning with a group of people, but unfortunately, you potentially are learning exactly the same way and maybe not even the right things because your perceptions could differ from others. So please, please, please make friendships and relationships with people from different different backgrounds and different experiences. And 
Um, obviously, you will have some familiar, right? And I have probably made the best friends of my life who are still my friends, four Russian women um, who came from another industrial city um, and now have been friends with me for 16 years. And our lives are across Moscow, California, and London, but we still are friends. On the other hand, I've taken time to meet people who actually were true Californians who grew up in California or generally Americans who came to California to seek fortune, good careers, good education and so on. So um, so as a result, I had very, very exciting mix of experiences where I was feeling comfortable with asking questions and asking mm -hmm. for clarification. So every time I thought, oh, this is so weird. Why is this working that way? I would ask somebody who knew. I wouldn't spend you know, time looking on the Internet or trying to figure it out. I would just ask. And, mm -hmm. and very quickly, all of these things became my sort of normalities, my, my normal realities, not, not these imaginary barriers of, of an expatriate person who doesn't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is the same what I'm saying to my to my clients. Ask questions. If you are not sure about something, if you want to know something more, just ask questions, and people will will tell you. Will tell you. Will ask. Will answer your um, your questions. So this is a very important point. And also making contacts and friendships with uh, with the locals, not only with with people from your from your home country. Uh, so, in your book, you are describing the main factors of successful international move. So, could you please share them with us, just a little bit? Not everything, because, yeah. <laughs> we've, we've talked about a lot yeah. already. We've, we've talked about education, we've talked about fear of settling, we've talked about uh, some of the interesting things in terms of uh, cultural adaptation, so you just asked me some good questions about that. I think I, I want to mention... Uh, just a couple of more things on mm -hmm. relationships, relationships and networking, because I think those two things are very connected. And I think that's where people really fall down quite often, because we need to be cognizant of the fact that we are the ones who moved on and the other people stayed behind. And it is so much harder to actually be missing someone than be the person who's missed if it makes sense. And I, I feel like since I've left, and now I've left many countries, I've had to make an extraordinary effort to go back and connect and reconnect. Mm -hmm. And if we don't make that effort, those friendships are going to die down and disappear eventually. And you're the one who has to find a way. It could be Facebook, it could be your own country social network, whatever it is. It could be uh, Vkontakte for Russians. It could be um, a big Chinese network for Chinese nationals who are now living in Australia. There are all these different ways of connecting, but find your way of connecting. And make sure that you book appointments with people. Because if you want that human contact outside of social network, if you want this kind of Skype session or audio session with your friends, you have to be the one who's actually reaching out and booking the time. Because the time zones will come into play and things will get harder and harder. People start having families. People start uh, moving around within their own country. And, and you just really, really grow apart. So... Now we're lucky we have messenger services, we have WhatsApps and Telegrams and Vibers. Pick whichever one works and stay in touch, whether it's text or voice or whatever is more convenient for you. So I think the relationship piece. And then 
the networking piece is extraordinarily important, right? Because Mm -hmm. if you plan to continue working as you go through your life abroad, you absolutely have to be meeting people in those locations where you're moving and people who can help you with your professional career development, with new ideas and so on, because it doesn't really pay off to only continue building your professional network in the country where you don't live anymore if you don't work with that country any longer, right? So you've got to expand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, networking is very important. So this is, yeah, this is, again, another thing that I am saying to all my clients and people who are contact, contacting me to, to network, to make contacts, uh, like within your, um, within your country or just going outside, because now we can also network online, not, not also offline, not also face to face, like on LinkedIn or other, um, professional, uh, professional, uh, social media. Uh, so, so I have many subscribers and followers who are cur- currently living and working abroad, but they are thinking about changing their job. So based on your international experience, what are the best steps to find or secure a dream job position abroad? Excellent question. Since I've done this many times already, exactly, yeah. I, I have to say, mm-hmm. do not make assumptions about the job market you really have to understand it, right? Mm-hmm. So you need to, first of all, as with everything, you have to decide what your goal is. What is that career that you want? And then you have to really understand what the specifics of the job search process itself is and also what the opportunity scope. Because if you're living in California, in Silicon Valley, and you're expecting California salary and you suddenly are moving to France, you could be utterly disappointed, right? Because mm-hmm. people might get different benefits in the country where you're moving, but they're not getting necessarily the same amount of cash or perhaps a a sales role in New York means one thing to you but if you move into Spain it's something completely different so you've got to understand both you've got to understand the composition of the job what the job is about and you have to understand the market as well in terms of how people search for jobs LinkedIn now is really huge and prevalent everywhere, not how it was when I first moved, obviously, mm-hmm. when it didn't exist at all. Uh, but, you know, even going through transition from California to Switzerland and then the UK, now living in the UK for the last four and a half years, I can see how massively LinkedIn is changing the way the recruiters work in the mm-hmm. UK. Um, and also, I can see how when I travel back to Russia on business, people do not use LinkedIn yet the same way. So you have to really understand where your target market is, where your people are, who you're trying to reach, and choose the right way of reaching them, basically. That's, that's my recommendation. Okay. Thank you, very, thank you very much. So what are your plans for the future? Are you planning to stay? Because I know that you chose London as your last expat uh, location. So are you planning to stay in London or are you planning to moving? What are your plans for the future? Well, my fiancé is British, so we are planning to stay in the UK for the foreseeable future. So his career is here in the UK. I am flexible. I can have my career pretty much anywhere in the world where I like to live. So mm-hmm. um, at the moment, it is London for both of us. But, you know, I won't discard an opportunity that something is going to change. More exciting opportunity is going to come along and we're going to try something else in terms of location, obviously. 
Um, as far as careers go, I enjoyed tech. I've uh, had a long career now in both operations, sales operations, commercial operations, and now I've gone into field sales to actually make impact of the kind that I like. So um, I'm going to continue with my, um, as they say, day job in mm-hmm. career technology, but also I'm super excited about continuing to write on the topics of expat life and um, potentially considering a couple of different books, maybe one about international career building, specifically in the tech sector, um, maybe one about volunteering and how volunteering actually changes us mm-hmm. at different time of our lives and different ages, especially when we do it abroad as well. Um, and obviously, the last piece continued to build my expat coaching practice and hopefully making my book into bestseller. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so where can we find more information about you and about your uh, your services? Please come to my website. So uh, for my personal book and the expat coaching business that I'm continuing to work on and develop, it's www.movingwithoutshaking.com. I've chosen to have the same brand for the first book and for the coaching practice that I'm building. Um, You can also find me on Facebook with the same name. You can also find me on Twitter as well. So all the links are on the website, also the links to the book on Amazon and on Apple and on Google stores as well. So please come and check them out. I'll be very happy to see any of you and your feedback. Okay. So thank you very much, Elena. It was a pleasure to have you here. And uh, thank you for sharing your experience and for sharing your uh, your tips. So you are the right person to ask all questions about international moving, changing careers, and how to how to live and adapt to to different countries. So congratulations for your book, and we are waiting for the next for the next chapters. <laughs> thank you so much, and thanks for having me. Thank you.